I have a wonderful praise report for you. Our brother Austin that we have been praying for there in Iraq, oh yes, oh yes, he has started a Bible study. Yeah, Baruch Hashem, man. He called me today. He called me today. Check this out. We've been praying that the Father would open the doors for him. Guess what? Did, did he make the announcement that it was time to start a Bible study? Oh, no. The brothers came to him and asked him, maybe we could start a Bible study and you could lead it for us. That's what I'm talking about. And so he got all set up there on Tuesday. Yes, Tuesday night. And he put on the worship music with his laptop because he don't have worship leader yet. And he's sitting there and waiting for the brothers to come. And they don't come. And he's sitting there, he's starting to get bummed out. And there was like three guys I think he invited. Just three of them. These are some of his close brothers. They're Christians. One guy made a decision for Christ, and the other two are pretty solid Christians, and they do Bible study. So he's waiting for them, and they're not showing. It's just like, what's going on, Lord? And he's starting to get discouraged. It's like, Father, please. I thought we were going to have Bible study. I was all excited about it. Yeah, a few minutes go by. Guess what? Six people show up. Six. Six guys show up. I'm just like, man, that's what I'm talking about. Being a light wherever we are. You know what? He could just go on doing his merry thing. Every day, whatever he does, doing his thing. Doing his job there in the Marines. But he says, man, no, I'm going big. I'm going to do something else. I'm going to cry out to God. I'm going to ask Him to show me what I need to be doing. And I'm going to do it. And I was just like, yes, He's just sitting there on the phone. Josh, thank you so much for praying, man. There's so many people praying. I know it's the Lord. I know it's the Lord. I can see it. And I think they're not only going to meet Tuesday night, but Thursday nights as well. I was like, yes. That's power, man. That's the way we need to be moving. All of you, what are you waiting for? Waiting for me to tell you? I'll tell you. I'm going to start telling some people. But I'm telling you this. That God wants to do work. And I believe that there was even, there just has been over the phone, even with Austin, it's like, you were the man, you were the prophet in that land, you were the one that's going to speak word to those troops. He's been receiving it. He knows the calling on him. And he recognized that he's ready. And God has prepared him. I praise God for what's happening out there. I just can't believe that. We need to pray for him again. Even as they meet... And the Lord starts to show up and He brings those words. He says He's going to start the book of 1 John. The book of love. Ah, I'm stoked. Let's pray for Him and ask the Father to bless Him and to give Him words. And to, Amen. we got, we got to pray. we got to continue to ask the Father for our brother out there. Let's pray. And Lord, we do come to You for Austin. Mm. For Austin, Lord, my brother. And I'm so proud of him. Lord, he didn't have to do that. And Lord, he's a, he, when I look at him, I, I see a great businessman and a man of order, a man that's very focused, a man that can accomplish and is very administrative. But Lord, I didn't truly, I, I, I'm telling the I didn't expect to maybe see a Bible study started. And I'm so thankful 
that Lord, He has accepted the role that has been placed upon His shoulders and that now He is moving forward and He is going to disciple these brothers and pray for and to continue to call out day and night, let's pray. Let's get into the Word. It's time to worship God. Brothers, run from sin. Get away from that. Let's stay close together. I know He's going to do it. Empower Him, Father. Let Your Spirit fall afresh on Him. Renew His Spirit even tonight. Put a new song. Use, I could see His smile through the phone. It was so big. The glow that was beaming off Him just hammering me through the phone. I receive it, Lord. I'm so blessed by what Austin's doing. It stirs my soul. He's over there in Iraq, out in the middle of nowhere, preaching the Gospel. And I pray, Father, that as we pray for Austin, Lord, I would pray the same for the people here in this place tonight. That, Lord, as they are doing their job, maybe God has called them to start a Bible study in their household, with their friends, maybe just with one person to start discipling and building them up. Bless our brother. Protect him. Would you please send five angels to stand around him even now? Maybe three to minister to him, Father, and one to, pro- one to protect, and the other to minister to his brothers. Mm. Yeah, have your hand upon him. Thank you, Lord, for the work you're doing out there. Bless him. And Lord, I pray for Kent Hoven as well, as a man sits in prison day and day, day after day after day, Father. Oh, we ask that he would be set free. We ask that you would prepare his soul for the great works you have for him in the near future. And that he, Lord, oh Lord, he has started many Bible studies within those prisons and brought many to know you has raised up many, discipled many, and we pray that that kingdom within that prison would just burst at the seams. Father, would you bring all men to repentance in that prison? Would you humble those men, bring them to their knees? We ask for power in his mouth. We ask for authority. We ask that as his hand moves, Lord, that maybe he would lay hands on a man that is sick and he would be healed in an instant. And all would proclaim here and there in that prison that Jesus is Lord. The miracle would go forth, and as I'm sorry, the gospel would go forth, and then a miracle would come as a sign. Have your way. Bless both these men in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh man, I'm just fired up, man. I don't even know what to do. Let me find my Bible. Hold on. That's right in front of my face, and I'm looking at my back. The Word of God has been written on your hearts because, hey, you've been going to church. You know the Word. I know you understand these things. Now, what are you going to do with it? You're going to be like a Hasidic Jew who studies Torah day and night but does nothing with it. He is made to study the word, to study Torah and nothing else. He's made to study Torah and nothing else. Not going to evangelize. Not going to talk to anybody unless they're a Jew. No. That's the way it works. It happened all the time when I was there in Israel. I'd be walking down the street and they think I'm a Jew. I guess I look like a Jew. And, um, which I wish I was a Jew. That'd be great, man. Jewish blood. And I'd be walking down and they would walk up and 
there as I was walking by, I would see a rabbi there, and he would wave over to me and talk to me in Hebrew. And what he's asking me to do is come and wrap the tefillin around my arm, put the box on my forehead, on my arm, and uh, and to pray. And to pray. And so I would start talking to them. And we would have a little conversation. I'd try to explain to him, like, I'm a follower of Yeshua, you know, like, and if I said that, game over. Uh, no more prayer for you. Don't want to talk to you. And then if I told him that I wasn't a Jew, game over. Not going to talk to you anymore. So like, move on, next guy. It's only for Jews. And that's what they do. They study day and night, but they do nothing. They do nothing with it. They further nothing. It's pointless. There's no purpose. Almost seems like many in the Church of America today. That's what we do. We go to church. We study. Then what do we do? Just hang out with one another. We don't do anything. Like when I hear somebody going off, I'm like, yeah! That's what I'm talking. That's what you're called to. When I hear, man, my work is being changed. Because I'm there. Christ is flowing through me. I'm the salt. I am the light. I can't deny it. They're starting to glorify the Father in heaven because they see the works. My family, man, they're being changed because I'm spending time with them, because I'm encouraging. My friends, they can't help but see something different. We've come here tonight to study the Word of God, not so you can know more. If you came here to do that, you're in big trouble, friend. You're not going to learn much from me, I tell you that. But if you come here to further the kingdom of God and to take in so that you can go pour out, you're on track. You're doing good. That's what you're supposed to be doing. We're going to be in Job chapter 37 tonight. This will be our last week in the book of Job. It's been a journey, hasn't it? A little exhaustive. Um, Quite a bit of the same old. Next week, guess what? We will be in the Psalms. I praise God for that because I think it is probably my favorite book in the Bible. I don't know why. I just, I just love it, man. I, I live in the Psalms. I just, I've been studying it. I'm on chapter 50 right now. It's been my devotion for like I don't know how long. I just, literally, I'll be there in the morning and I just read a little bit. I just can't even read sometimes more than five or six verses because it's just so thick man it's like okay there it is there's the point man i'm done full baby this is amazing i'm just gonna just i'm just gonna chew on that all day good stuff because it's real practical it's like real life it's what he's going through right now and you're experiencing it you're you're going through it with him it's all bummed out he just so happens to be in the same attitude as me many days sitting there and i just see myself right there in the psalm it's like there i am all bummed out. Better get reading. I'm going to keep reading until I find the good stuff. There it is. There it is now. Yeah. But you, O Lord, are the shield about me. My glory, the lifter of my head. Oh, yeah. Instantly I'm lifted. The Lord does a great work. We're going to be in the Psalms for guess how many months? About five. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's just the way the cookie crumbles. I mean, we're doing a chapter a day, man. What can, what, what can I tell you? Think about if you taught a chapter a week, you'd be there for years. I want to dissect the book of Psalms. We're going to be doing, oh, we'd be in big trouble. 
but you get to dis- dissect it on your own there at home. I'm really excited about the book of Psalms. I just can't wait to live, and we're just going to swim in it and just, mm, just take it in, just enjoy. I'm stoked. But we are tonight in Job chapter 37, and what we see here, what we see is Elihu, who is one of Job's friends, and he has actually been sitting in the conversation this whole time with the other three friends. Remember, do you remember what happened with Job? Maybe it's your first time out tonight. If you don't know, I'll just give the quick overview. Job, a man that serves God, righteous in all his ways. Why was he righteous? We don't really know other than the fact that it says that he took care of his family, and that he ministered unto them, that he was, a, he was a good man there in his town. He sacrificed for them daily, and that was a huge word for me. I basically looked at it and said, righteousness, God looks at a man who keeps his family and loves them, is a powerful man. is one that is righteous in all his ways. And those of you know, a pastor is called to his family before he's called to the sheep. And if his family isn't right, how can he shepherd the sheep? Hmm. Once again, as I went up north to visit John's family, I just look into their eyes. There's not one Corson that does not know Christ and is not walking with him. Man, praise God. That is an example. But Job had the same, even more powerful. And Job there, what? God comes to Lucifer and says, Man, have you uh, actually Lucifer comes to Job? I'm sorry, Lucifer comes to God and says, God says, hey, uh, have you considered my servant Job? And he's like, um, let me check him out. And he's like, he's righteous in all his ways. And he says, the only reason he's righteous is because you have your hand upon him. Let me take everything from him. He's like, all right, take it. He's not going to curse me. He takes everything from him, snatches his family, snatches all of his money, snatches everything he owns, breaks it down. If that happened to you, where would you be? You're bummed because you can't pay a bill. You're bummed because, you know, so-and-so talked bad about you. Oh, great. Job lost everything. Then Lucifer comes back. He's just like, no, hey, I want to take his life. He's like, no, you're not going to take his life. You can what? You can you can afflict his body. Just don't kill him. And so God gives him the authority. And he goes and lights Job up. And there's boils on his body so much, remember, that he took pottery to scrape the pus and the sick things that were there within these boils. Disgusting. His whole body's covered with this. And Job is laying there after God has allowed this to happen to him, inflicted it upon Job in a sense, and is sitting there, Job in his pain and agony, crying out to God, waiting for God to deliver him, and three friends come to comfort him. And what do they do? They just light Job up the whole time. Dude, what would you do to God, man? What's your problem? Like, what, are you in sin or something? What's not? I mean, come on, what's the deal? You need to repent, man. You need to do this. And Job's like pleading his case. I'm righteous in all my ways, man. Let me go. Why are you guys coming down on me? You should be encouraging me. And this young chap, Elihu, has been watching the whole time this conversation unfold. Job sitting there, pain and agony. And his three friends sitting there, rebuking him, exhorting him. And Elihu, yeah, this young kid, comes in and thinks he's going to set things straight. And that's just funny. Because that is like us young guys, that's what we do, man, it's true. Just think we know everything. We think we're going to come and make everything better like we're Superman. You know, we're just going to fly in and just save the day. Happens all the time. I love how, I mean, me and the brothers, we sit down and we discuss the issues of the church. And we talk about it. But if you step back from it, it's not bad to do that. Because we're trying to figure it out too. 
But the funny thing is, is these old guys are just sitting there looking at us saying, we, we did all of that a long time ago. We experienced all that. We've been through that. We've laughed at that. And you guys are doing that now. And you think you know. And you think you can tell us. Now, I mean, of course it's said there in the New Testament not to despise the youth. No way. Not to discourage them. If they're fired up, don't come down on them. Don't light them up. Absolutely not. And if you see somebody who's very excited about Christ, who's just come to know the Lord, hey, it's okay to warn them about things just to help them along. But God forbid you put out the fire in their heart. You do that? Oh, it's better that you put a millstone around your neck and throw yourself into the ocean. Don't stumble them. Don't stumble their zeal. Don't take the fire from them. Light that fire. Be a Reynolds, man, back in Georgia. When he gets around, he's just like a fire, man. He's just like sitting. I'm just... I, I, He's going to come here sometime, all right? I'm going to get him to come here. I'm just going to tell you, I mean, I don't know if I should let him touch the mic. I mean, it's just going to go off in this place. The guy is crazy. He reminds me a lot of Jesus, to tell you the truth. Because many oppose him. He has more fruit in his life than anyone that I know as a young person. But he seems to push the buttons and push the edge all the time with his freedom in Christ and man he is free he doesn't walk in the fear of man he doesn't give a rip what anybody says it's like oh, I'm going to do my thing what are you gonna, you're not gonna, I, he just does his thing and it was so funny he was the one guy that was the radical there in our group he was always like you know challenge John and Josephus said this and but he is the most powerful guy within the group I tell you when he got home, he baptized 15 people. First, he just, he just yeah, here we go. It's a lot of times, it's those guys. He has a lot of passion, a lot of power. And he lights people up around them. And God forbid anybody come and try to put that fire out. He's a young guy, and he's moving powerfully, and we need to encourage that and help that. But Elihu, the guy we're looking at tonight, he was passionate. He's fired up. But he's saying the wrong things. And maybe you would know, those of you who have younger brothers and sisters, and uh, maybe they're in the 14, 15, 16 range. You know what I'm talking about. It's like once they, you know, they get in that area, it's like all of a sudden when they turn like 13 or 14, they just know everything. It's just like you just know everything. Like I'm, just a, I'm a genius and I know everything to all the answers of the world. I just know. And Dad, you're an idiot. You don't know anything. You don't know anything. You don't know. And dad's trying to reason with the son. I remember with me. I even felt, I remember thinking that. I remember, I, I'm not making this up. I remember there were times when I was thinking to myself, my dad doesn't even know. He really doesn't know. I'm, I think I'm smarter than him at this point. He's like, he's like 40. Like he doesn't even know. He doesn't get it. <laughs> Little 16 year old, you know, <laughs> trying to be cool. Remember me, Brian? See, me and Brian go way back. We go back freshman year in high school. I was quarterback, and he was center. He was my center. And, uh, yeah, we man, we went through high school together, and he know, he used to tell me that all the time, yeah, you're just trying to be cool. I'm like, yeah, I was. Yeah, I thought it was real cool with my dad. The thing is, I just didn't get it. I was an idiot. I don't know anything. And if you think you know something, you better wake up and recognize you don't know. Hello, how many years have you lived? When you 
turn 40, and then when you turn 50, and then when you turn 60, and then when you turn 70, you look back at a 20-year-old and say, ooh, smart guy, you don't know anything. You haven't lived a lick of life yet, man. I've lived four lives of yours already. He has wisdom beyond his years. This man, Elihu, we look at, he's talking to old man Job and thinks he's going to light him up. What a sad day, huh? That's another lesson we can learn. Be very careful the way you speak to an older man. You better be careful. An older woman, you better be careful. It's your mother, your father. Ooh, you better not catch me listening to a conversation with your mother, your father. I will light you up. It's just one thing that I'm just very passionate about for some reason. I talk back to my dad back yeah, when I was 16, and I never have since then, and I never will. That was the last day. I'll never forget it. And my brothers do, oh, you're going down. I mean, we're going to throw down like before you talk back to dad. It ain't going to happen in this house. And it doesn't matter who you are. It's like if I just see it, I sense it, or I hear it, it's just like, man, you need to go do this for your parent. You need to go repent. Like, it ain't going to happen. And we need to learn to respect the older. You need to learn that. This generation is losing that. Did you know that? Look at these kids, man. No respect. We need to learn this very quickly. If you don't learn it and you don't respect parents, guess what? Your kids aren't going to respect you because you don't know how to teach them. Because you don't even know how to do it yourself. Be very careful the way you treat the... I mean, with the utmost respect, you lay down your life to open the door for the elder woman. You better do it. You lay down your life to listen to their words of wisdom even though you think you know what they're saying. I'm telling you. Just listen up. Watch this boy try to think he knows it all. Which he is. He's pretty educated. You can tell within the way he he speaks. He knows quite a bit about the Lord and His majesty. But you know what? The guy's rebuking Job. You idiot. Open your eyes. He's a righteous man. Let's look at verse 1. I'll be blowing through this chapter pretty quick because I don't think I have many points. It's pretty basic. It just says it. And this also my heart trembleth. I, I should have laid something else. I'm sorry. Before I start. Elihu has given, this is his sixth speech that he's giving to Job. Number six, he's already given five. And he is now ready to give his sixth speech as if he's just like, I mean, he's on fire right now. I mean, he just thinks he's got every, he's got the whole place. You know, a lot of people do that sometimes. They'll be talking to you and they just think you're loving it. You're just sitting there. It's like, man, I just can't wait to get out of this conversation. If that's you... (laughs) Recognize, be able to read a person, something just practical for these pe- for us tonight. If you're chatting away with somebody and you recognize they're not focused, recognize that. You know, it's to try to like, uh, I'm gonna reel them in. I'm gonna try to get them to come. I, I got this. No, nope, no, nope, come around this way. Come this. No, no, just recognize. I can see it on the people's faces all the time. I know when you're listening and when you're not. I can see it. I can tell. And when you stop listening, I start to panic. <laughs> I start thinking, gotta close this up, man. It's time to get out of here. Just know that. Something practical to know and understand. But he's on his sixth speech. It's like Elihu. Come on, buddy. And we need to ask the Father to bless this word. Father, bless your word and minister to us, please. Amen. At this also my heart trembleth. So Elihu is speaking to Job. And it moved out of his place. Hear attentively the noise of his voice. The sound that goeth out of his mouth. 
He directeth it under the whole heaven, and is lightning unto the ends of the earth. After it a voice roareth, he thundereth with the voice of excellency, and he will not stay them when his voice is heard. God thundereth marvelously with his voice, great things does he, which we cannot comprehend. Stop there. This whole speech, this whole chapter here is basically about the majesty of God. He just starts, that's one cool thing about Job that you need to take note of. That as you read through, you just see random things about God. Cool stuff. Random. Like this, God's voice sounds like the thunder and it moves like lightning. The way, I mean, the sound of it is so powerful. It's so loud. The voice of God. And it says, the voice, I'm sorry, God thundereth marvelously with His voice. Great things does He which we cannot comprehend. And uh, that's something I wanted to take note on. That there are things, guess what? Great things He does, which what? You will never, ever, 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 ever comprehend. That means that your mind cannot wrap around it. I know it. No, you don't. And you can't know it. Because there are great things which He does which we cannot comprehend. Hmm. I believe that there are things that we will never comprehend even when we are in heaven. That you will not understand completely because if you understand as much as God, you are now what? On the same level as God. And you will never be on that level You will never be all-powerful. You will never be all-knowing. You will never be everywhere at all places at all times, omnipresent. And there are certain things that you will not comprehend and that you will not understand. This Christianity, yes, is reasonable, but it takes faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. Faith is the substance of things not seen. You are saved by grace through faith. So no man can boast. It is mystical. How? What, what do you call faith? How does it work? Faith. Believing. It's like, what? how do you grab faith? Can you grab it? Where, where is it? Where is it? Where's faith? Can you see it? Can you taste it? Faith. It's amazing. I struggle with this. I struggle with the fact... Oh... How do I even say this? I struggle with the fact that there are so many men who know so much about the Word, but yet have such a small amount of faith. They don't move in the supernatural. It's like their faith is so small. But then I look at some who maybe aren't, they're not theologians, they don't know much about the Bible. For some reason when they pray for people, they're healed. For some reason when they ask God to do things, it happens. And I don't get this exactly, and I don't know why. And that's why there's a, there's a guy that I listen to sometimes. His name's Bill Johnson, Bethel Church. And if you listen to a message, I just caution you. Because this thing, I look at the guy, and I don't exactly agree with many things theologically. I don't even know what he's talking about at times. I'm like, sounds like he's speaking some parable, and I'm like trying to figure it out. Speaking so mystically, it's like, Huh? I went way over my head. But for some reason, when the man prays for people, 
And when I look into his people's eyes, they're more fired up than anybody I've ever seen. I ran into another guy from his church up at Applegate. The guy walked up to me and the boys after the service and says, you guys have the anointing on you. I'm like, huh? The anointing's all over you, man. What are you talking about? It's on you guys. I can see it. Everybody here, I can see it on you guys. I'm like, okay. So he starts to exhort us and encourage us. Then my buddy Reynolds looks at him and says, are you from Bethel? He says, yeah. He's like, I knew it, man. I just knew it. You're one of a kind. There aren't people like you on the earth. And it's true. When a message is preached, these people are fired up, man. When these people pray, stuff happens. Crazy. And I don't know how to explain it, and I don't know how to combat it. Because there are so many in the church that say, this is the way it is, and this is how the way it goes, and their ministry does not do much for the world. I don't get it. Things which we cannot understand, not comprehend. Man, the wonders of God, the grace of God, huh? Is not the grace of God the most unbelievable? It's hard to believe at times. You mean, I do wrong to you, God, and you not only say it's cool, but then you give me a Ferrari. Huh? You mean, I do wrong to you, you forgive me of sin, and then give me heaven for free. I'm not going to do anything. Why did you give me heaven in the first place? Did I do something good? No. You're a jerk. You do bad all the time, and I watch you do bad. And I've chosen to give you heaven. Bottom line. Oh, the mysteries of the love of God. Try to explain that one, friend. I don't know how. Why does when Jesus spit in the mud and put it in someone's eyes, they see? I don't know. Why did Jesus even need to walk on water? What did that prove? That he's powerful? I mean, it's like he could have done anything. It's like to walk on water, it just it's almost like hilarious. Like God has such a sense of humor, doesn't he? I'm gonna walk on water. Hey. Why did he need to come to the guys there on the boat in that night and just walk hey guys, hey I'm walking on water? He could have just like appeared in the boat and said, Be still. Nope. Gotta walk on water. Okay. I don't get it, man. How do I comprehend that one? How do you figure that one out? Hmm. There are great things that he does which we cannot comprehend. Verse 6, For he he says to the snow, Be thou on the earth likewise to the small rain and to the great rain of his strength. Did you see that? He says when it rains and he says when it doesn't. If it snows, hey. He says to the snow, Be on the earth, and it is. He seal up the hand of every man, that all men may know his work. Then the beasts go into the dens and remain in their places. Out of the south come the whirlwind, and cold out of the north. But the breath of God, frost is given. By the breath of God, frost is given. Huh. And the breath of the waters is straightened. And by watering, the wearieth the thick cloud. I'm sorry, by... Watering, he wearieth the cloud. He scattereth his bright cloud. And it is turned round about by his counsels, that they may do whatsoever he commandeth them on the face of the world and the earth. 
he's just saying basically that it's like the Lord is controlling and moving. When he moves, the whole earth knows. Everybody knows. It's obvious. The creation understands. Did you know that? That every bug understands. They know what's going on. It's like when the king does something, hey, they're informed. There is creation. This creation bows to the living God. They obey the Lord. That's the only reason they do what they do. I just love these little nuggets here in the middle of Job. It's like, what are you doing there? Just random stuff. It's showing the power of God. Verse 13, He causeth it to come, whether for correction or for His land or for mercy. He does these things because of what? For correction? Or for His land? Or for mercy? Interesting. He does what He does because He wants to do it. And He has reason for all that He does. And who can speak against Him? No man. Hearken unto this, O Job. So here comes Elihu, about to speak to Job now. Hearken unto this, or listen up. Stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. Now, okay, I want to stop there real quick. This is for a young boy to say to an older man, Be still! Know that I am God. It's like, uh, listen, buddy. I don't know if you should be exhorting him like that. But he says it to him. Job has probably been more still than any man on the earth. He is the most righteous. He knows about being still, being close to God. And this little young buck's going to tell him, be still. Okay. Stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. Now, there's great truth in this. And there is a great word for us here tonight. Many of you, just like me, are busy. And you need to be still and check out the wondrous works of God. What does that mean? You need to get outside and you need to just check out creation. Well, I don't like being outside. Get out. Get outside. Stop being in this man-made house. It's just lame. Get out. Get out into there. Go look at the stars, man. Go watch the sun. Just just stare at it for a sec. Just be still and just watch it. Go get like this close to a bug and just like watch it move. It's like, what are you doing? Get a little magnifying glass. Why it blows my mind sometimes. You're like, Josh, you're crazy. <laughs> I know. But I'm telling you, I mean, go look at a leaf. Just go look at how complex the thing is. Go break it in half and just look at it. Consider, just stop doing work for once in a while. Get out with God and be by yourself and be still. Maybe you think when you're with God all the time, you've got to be reading the Word. Gotta, gotta read, gotta read. Okay, I can't stop reading. That's not being with God. I got, or I gotta pray a prayer. I gotta be praying for this person. I gotta be doing that. I gotta be still. Stop doing stuff. Just sit and enjoy what He's given you. Look at this playground. It's a pretty hot playground, huh? Great earth. If you haven't watched Planet Earth, you need to. Yeah, one of my favorite movies, videos. Jay, we need to watch that soon, man. We need to set that up later tonight, huh, boys? We've got to do that, man. I love Planet Earth. Man, it was the craziest thing. You know what Reynolds exhorted me to do like a couple days ago, back one of my brothers from Georgia? Dude, when I watch Planet Earth, it's awesome, man. you got to watch that thing. I'm like, what? That's what I was thinking. You know, it's the same exact thing. 
for some reason, when I watch this video, I just want to praise God. I'm serious. Like, I'm just watching it. It's so just... Just looking at these creatures, they're crazy, man. It's like, you created that, Father? It just makes you want to glorify God because when creation almost looks at creation, I don't know what the connection is or how it works, but just, just, it's like looking at a flower, and it's just like smelling smelling oranges. I don't It's like Soarin' California at Disneyland. You know what I'm talking about? You know? Like, no, I don't know what you're talking about, Josh. You're missing out. You're missing it. I know. Disneyland's lame. You gotta pay like 50 bucks to walk in the place. This is, it's probably, what is it, 60 bucks? <gasps> 80? 80 if you're out of state. Lord rebuke you, Disneyland. 80 bucks to go on Soren? <sighs> oh, Father. Well, <laughs> anyways. You gotta go on this ride, man. It's sweet. I'm dead serious about this. This is the best thing. You gotta take off your shoes when you get on it, alright? It's the best part, okay? What happens is you sit in this ride and, and it's not even a it's anyway, you sit in these seats, okay? There's like rows, and what it is there's this giant screen. I mean the screen has got to be like five, six, seven stories high. I mean the thing is huge. And it's a big half circle, this screen. And what happens is these seats, like you're sitting in them on the ground, and all of a sudden the first row goes to the top, and the second row goes to the next, and the third row goes next, and it just takes you all the way up, and you're sitting, like, staring at this big screen, right? I mean, it's just, but all of a sudden the movie just clicks on this thing. You can't even really tell, though, and it looks like you're just flying through the clouds, and the wind's blowing in your face. Yeah. And, and, you, got your, and you got your shoes off, right? Because and, and you, the wind's just blowing between your toes, and you're just loving it because you've never experienced anything like that before. And you just you fly over Malibu, you fly through like some these the, the orange groves, and you smell the oranges, and just I mean you just see it, you just sense your, it's just amazing. My favorite ride. But man, there's just something about checking out God's creation. What does it say there? Did you read that? Stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. Now that doesn't just mean creation we could just sit and ponder salvation how amazing god is and what he's done for us and just just think about jesus man and who he is what a great king wow just sit still for a bit huh i would love to just assign that that is a home that's homework for this week are you ready you have to sit still for one hour you got to find an hour this week to get by yourself and sit still Sit still. You're not going to be reading, not going to be listening to a message, not going to be praying. Well, you could say a couple things to the Lord if you want. But no intercessing for people. You're just going to sit there and enjoy the wondrous works of God. It's a word for us in busy Southern California. When I was up in Oregon, you know, people drive 20 miles an hour. They do. I sat behind this green camper for an hour, man. I. It's like, are you going to go faster than 20? If you're not, I'm going to floor it around you, man. Let's go. Let's go. And I'm just sitting there. I couldn't believe it. And we weren't even going fast. We got pulled over by a cop. We weren't even going fast. We were just going like, we were going like 30, right? And we got pulled over. And my buddy Reynolds is driving. He's just like, what do we do? He's like, you guys were zipping around. <laughs> zipping around? <laughs> Dude, we were going 30, man. Yeah, you were zipping around. It's 4th of July. You know, there's a lot of old people walking around. You're zipping around. Don't be zipping around here. It's like, all right, whatever. 
<laughs> zip around you. I just want to light this guy up, man. But he let us go. He was a really nice cop. He really was. Be still. Know that I am God. Verse 15. Does thou know he's speaking to Job? Look what he's saying. It's kind of arrogant, man. Does thou know... I'm sorry. Does thou know when God disposed them and caused the light of his clouds to shine... Dost thou know the balancing of the clouds? Interesting. I don't know what that means. How do you balance the clouds? Something to look into. The wondrous works of him, which is perfect in knowledge. How thy garments are warm when they quieteth the earth by the south wind. As thou with him spread out the sky, which is strong as a molten looking glass. What he's basically saying is like, dude, you don't know as much as God. Do you know how he did all this? How does God hang clouds in the air? Explain it. Well, you know, evaporation and all this. Get out of here. Can you hang a cloud in the sky? Never. God can. He does it. He creates it out of nothing. He just does the work. He says, uh, I think I'm going to put clouds on the earth, this water cycle, and it's going to happen. I think I'm going to have the sun rise every day and set every day. That's the way it's going to go. Same with the moon. That sounds good. Let's do that too. Do you know how God does this? No man knows. And then verse 19, he almost mocks Job to a certain extent. He says, Teach us what we shall say unto him, for we cannot order our speech by reason of darkness. Shall it be told to him that I speak? If a man speak, surely he shall be swallowed up. He's saying, Do I got to let you know You know, if I'm going to talk to God, or should you let God know that I'm talking to him? Or... Why don't you teach us how you, what you say into him and how you talk to him? And he says, Shall it be told that I speak? If a man speaks, surely he'd be swallowed up. And now men see not the bright light which is in the clouds, but the wind passeth and cleanseth them. Fair weather cometh out of the north with God, his terrible majesty. He's basically saying like approaching God and trying to talk to God is like trying to look into the sun. You can't do that. Can't stare into the sun. What do you think? You, you think you just have this like special favor with the king? And actually, he did. He was righteous. Touching the Almighty, we cannot find him out. He is excellent in power and in judgment, and plenty and in plenty of justice. He will he will not afflict. Men do therefore fear him with respect, not any that are wise of heart or pride. Think they know. Hmm. That's basically how the chapter ends. I'm trying to exhort Job and just telling him, like, dude, you think you know? This young buck trying to speak wisdom into an old man's life. It's funny. God is so powerful. I wrote in the Devo today. When I think of powerful, I think of the Incredible Hulk. It's power, man. If you've seen the new one, you know what I'm talking about. He just like throws, what did he throw? He threw like a little forklift or something. I mean, just like throwing anything he wants. It's just like, I throw, I just do whatever I want to do. Nothing could stop the guy. Just throw stuff around, just power. I think of the guy in the gym who's just massive. And I wrote it in the Devo. I said, uh, he throws weights around like Tic Tacs. It's true, man. He just like, eh, it's just no big deal to him. Just power. It's one guy that I see in the gym every morning. He's just a giant. 
He's just huge. It's like, dude, you're just way too big. Like, you remind me of the Hulk. Like, just can't even imagine what happened if somebody tried to step toes with that guy. He's just huge. But God looks at these people and says, You want to see power? God is all powerful. He could pick up anyone. He could do anything that he desired. He could just, with a snap of a finger, with his words, he spoke, spoke things into existence. I mean, it's like, who can stand against him? It's like if he said gone, you would be gone forever. You would never be in existence ever again. Gone. By the simple word. What army can rise against the living king? Well, uh, China. If he just looked at them, you know, like a, like a father looks at his child, just gives him that look, be over. So powerful, so mighty. But he chooses to what? He chooses to keep that power with meekness. And we see that where? In the image of Jesus. Our King. All-powerful, almighty. He could have just jumped off that... Just, I mean, could you see Him on the cross? Just rips the nails out. Rips it out of His feet. Picks up the cross and just throws it at the guys. Just like, who wants Him? What? What do you want? I mean, you want to go? You think you're a Roman soldier? Woo! I'll show you Roman. You could just start lighting people up, but there's meekness there. The power. He chooses to keep it under control. And maybe you have power in something. Maybe you have an ability. For some reason, the Lord just brought to my attention, I remember this guitarist. I walked up to him. Actually, a friend had met him in Santa Monica, and she brought him to church. And she's like, hey, this guy, this guy his name is Randy. I'm like, what's up, Randy, man? How you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm like, what do you do? He's like, oh, you know, I'm a musician. I like to... I'm like, that's cool, man. What do, you, do you play guitar or what? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I play guitar. And I'm like, oh, what do you do, worship? Or what do you do? And he's like, no, you know, I, just, I just like to play and stuff. Yeah, I do, I do worship stuff. And, and I'm thinking, and I'm like talking to the guy, almost like talking down to him because I didn't know where he stands and how good of a musician he is and all this stuff. And come to find out the guy, he's been playing guitar for like 30 years. He has like 20 guitars. He's the lead guitarist for like Jeremy Camp. He's the lead guitarist for like all these, you know, just big. And I was just sitting there talking to him. I had no clue. I had no clue when I looked in the guy's face, and he just wouldn't even reveal an inch of it. He just wouldn't tell me. And I even I think about it like, why didn't he just drop it? Just like, yeah, you know, what, like, what do you do for a living? Oh, you know, I like play music. You could just be like, yeah, I'm the lead, well, you know, guitarist for Jeremy Camp. You know, I mean, he he could have just dropped anything he wanted. And I would have been like, what? That's crazy. You could have just started listing off all his guitars that he has. And I played for 30 years, you know. It's like, wow. One of the biggest guitar players in the industry. And I was just so blown away. His name's Randy Williams. He still plays. And um, there's abilities that all of you have. Power that God has given you in some place. You need to learn to keep that under control. Be meek. Be mild. They looked at Jesus and saw a man that didn't even have a place to lay his head. And he's the stinking king of the universe. It's power right there. 
God's power is unbelievable. Doesn't that make Him even more powerful, the fact that He does that? It's like it just it exalts Him in my mind. I want you to go to God in respect. He is the great high king. He's not to be disrespected in any way. His name is never to be used in a bad way. It's not to be joked about, laughed at or mocked. Absolutely not. Same time, he is this great king who sits on the throne, but he is, he's Papa at the same time. For some reason, he allows you to say, yeah, you can come close to me. I'll let you come in. I'll let you come in. And I want you to see the majesty of God and recognize who He is. Be blown away by Him and say, Man, I'm so happy. Look at that. Look who you are. Look what you get. You get to be close to this God. You get to be close to this King. Man, what a blessing. God wants to use you. Did you know that? This great King with great power wants to use you to further His kingdom. He wants to empower you. He already has, man. The power is in you. You have the living God, the Spirit of God dwelling in you. You do. A lot of Christians sure don't act like it. They don't have any power in them. They don't move with authority. They're just a little wimp, a little Christian wimp that just kind of gets slapped around by everybody. Hmm. Scared to stand up for the King. Oh, gosh. Scared to stand up for the king. Hmm. If the king was standing here, it's like when you're in his presence, it's like, oh, I'll die for you. And you go out into the world to take ground for him, and it's like, hmm. God wants to use you to take ground. That's my mission. I just feel like the mission has been put upon me and placed upon me to take as much ground as I possibly can, to take care of the people. It's almost like this I'm in the kingdom, I'm behind the castle walls. And I'm like training these soldiers, like, swing the sword like this. Learn to move like that. Get ready. We're about to go to battle. We're going to be outside these walls soon. We don't hang out here forever. What are we training for? We are training to go out and to take ground for our king. That is what we're called to. And I hope it stirs your heart to move wherever you're at and to figure out your job. To be moving in power, to be discipling those that are around you with passion and authority. God desires to do work in you, family. And if you don't want to do it, I don't know what to tell you. I'm going to run as fast as I can for the rest of my life. Hold me to it. Handcuff me. I'm going to do the best I can. If you don't want to come, I don't know what to tell you. I know my calling. I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I know my job. And I'm going to execute as best I possibly can. And I look to you and I exhort you and say, please, pick up your sword and fight. You want to see America changed? Do something. If you don't, just keep doing what you're doing. Because look at the earth right now. This is the way things are because of where we're at. We've got to move. Let me pray. Let me pray over us. Oh, Father. Ah, you're the great King. Oh, man, I'm so happy. I'm so... I'm, I am, Lord. I'm so joyful to be a part of what you're doing. 
Do you know who I am? I'm so thankful that you haven't just tossed me away and said, Josh, you're no good, man. You, you sin too much. You know what? You don't read the Bible enough. You don't know enough. You don't pray enough. You mess up here. You mess up there. You just, you're not cutting it. I'm sorry. I can't use you. Lord, you haven't thrown me away. I'm so thankful. I want to be your soldier. I want to be the best I can be for you. I'm going to swing as fast as I can, Lord. With precision. Help me to be effective. Help me to move in power. And I pray that same prayer over your people here tonight. There are many here, Father, that desire to do your work, but they've been sitting in the pew for a long time. They don't know what to do. Father, bring someone to them to minister and to show them and to speak to them in authority and let them know what they're to be doing. Prophesy straight into their life. To open their eyes to let the scales fall off. And they will start moving and have direction and have vision. Without vision, you, we perish. We can't do anything. So, Father, please. Lord, I know there are here, some here tonight that are weary. And I would ask that you would give them supernatural peace, Lord. That the peace that surpasses understanding would fall like rain from heaven on your people. Give them rest. Give them peace. Right now, just please just blow through this place. So that they can be at a place in their heart, God, where they serve you and where they chase after you. Father, a soldier who is anxious and weary cannot fight. Give them peace. Give them rest. Focus their minds. Focus their hearts on things above. Get their perspective right again. Help them to understand and recognize what they are to be doing. Give us vision. Give us vision in our dreams tonight, Father, as we sleep. Give us vision as we drive home by ourselves. Give us vision as we wake up in the morning to move. Stir us. Stir us, Father. Bless your people. We need you, God. Jesus, we love you, King. We're here for you and you alone. Thank you for what you've done. Amen. 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 Love you guys. We gotta move. No messing around. This ain't a game no more, man. This Jesus thing and this religion thing. I thought it was like, yeah, I just go to church, hang out. Not anymore, man. It's like I, I I'm in for a rude awakening, huh? Man, I didn't know what God had for me. I had no clue. Maybe you stepped into this place tonight and you're just like, Man, Josh, I'm just gonna start it or man. I haven't exactly started. I don't even know where the journey is yet. Get ready. Get ready. There's much adventure ahead for you. Many people to minister and much ground to take. Pull out your sword. Get ready for battle. I'll see you guys next week. Bless one another as you leave. Amen.